Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello everyone, I'm Ani, Mad Shaman Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism, give it all a good hard shake and pour, dress it with the olives of grace and empathy, sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to you all, hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini. The show that tries to sort out what's true, don da don da, what's woo, don da don da, and what gets flushed down the loo in today's I don't want to burst your bubble, but that's Joe Biden's double. Why was Pelosi flapping her hands like a mad woman from the psych ward? Peeps are actually removing Russian vodka from the store shelves. So deep are they in the dark matrix, they cannot see they are embarrassing themselves. Altogether, slightly bizarre, topsy-turvy little world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. We are rarely successful, I'll admit to that, but we are honour-bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, we do love the odd shot now and then, don't we? Yes, we do. I would normally take one right now, but we're going to do a nine Irish whiskey sampler at the end of this show. And I'm going to save myself up for that because if I take nine sips of Irish whiskey throughout the show, there will be no show, my darlings. So a reminder, a disclaimer, I suppose, this show is not politically correct, as we do not wish to erode our intellect. This show is for free thinkers, for libertines, people who know that deep state is real, people who know who runs the world, how and why. If you are safe within the cocoon of the dark matrix, if you believe politicians honor their pledges to we the people, if you believe big government is a good thing, and if you can't see how a man-made contagion was released and used to enslave mankind, then you, my darlings, are part of the brainwashed mass. You drank the Fool-Aid and you succumbed to the very real black magic spell woven by those who quite literally worship Lucifer. But they call themselves globalists or proponents of new world order. We don't sugarcoat anything on this show. We tackle difficult issues with guts, with gusto, and with multiple rounds of spiritual ammo. Darlings, we are in World War III. Once it's over, it will be named World War III. We don't name wars until they're over. But World War III, it's not really a boots on the ground war. It's a crimes against humanity war, a mind control war a misinformation war, and the cabal's all-or-nothing attempt to murder a significant portion of the human race and turn us into transhumans, eventually post-humans, automaton beings. Yes, that is their goal. That's what the fake vaccine is all about, by the way. Transhumanist Experiment 101. Well, fun times ahead. If you're joining us for the very first time, a very warm welcome to you. Please don't mistake our direct approach for rudeness. We, we love courtesy and all those good things, but you know, we try to tell the truth with grace and finesse. But I have to say this, please just appreciate how frustrating it is to watch millions of people 
allow their God-given unique perception to be altered by the clever propagandists working for mainstream media. Please appreciate how frustrating it is to listen to people repeat the phrases they hear on the propaganda box. Oh, I'm going to follow the science. Ollie, you're an idiot because you don't follow the science. Do not confront me in the street and ask me to follow the science because I will slap the next person who says that to me and I will slap them with a very big wet fish, Monty Python style. I hope you appreciate how frustrating it is to watch people become outraged by photos and memes they see on social media and accept them as gospel truth instead of researching the source of the photos almost all of which have been altered or manipulated in some way. And some, by the way, how can you miss the obvious again? Some of them are openly timestamped, the dates being years before the event they're supposed to be commenting on. And isn't it amazing how many times the same people die in skirmishes at different times all over the world? I thought reincarnation was something else. I thought that you died and you shed your mortal coil and you went to heaven and your soul did its thing. And then it produced a sort of a new version of its soul with a new personality to have a different incarnation. Apparently, according to mainstream media, you can reincarnate while you're still alive and die in various wars all over the world and all within the same decade or two. So, what are we fighting against? The news channel comes up with a narrative chosen by their globalist overlords and peeps just sit there and believe it and they get all riled up about it and they assume it's true because it was on the news, mate. Why is that? Why are manifestations of cosmic energy, creations of the divine with access to the entire hierarchy of light so easily duped by smoke and mirrors? I'll tell you why. The dark matrix has been carefully constructed over many years. Billions have been spent on the science of news reporting. The goal is to fragment our minds so we can't follow through a complete thought process. Breaking news, blah, 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 blah. And just when our minds are trying to wrap themselves around that new information, oh, just now, this came in blah, 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 more breaking news. We are distracted from one thought process to another, back and forth, on and on and on, and it's all by design. The goal, and I know this for a fact, because for decades I've worked as a cog in the wheel of many such projects, the goal is to turn the news into entertainment, to have us think on world affairs as a soap opera, you know, they want us to be invested in the storyline. They want us to follow it. Ooh, what's next? But by using a series of clever psychological tricks, the news is not real enough for us to challenge or question it because in our minds now, it's just a soap opera. And what's the result of that? Well, of course, their end game is for us to see world affairs as something outside of our control outside of our reality so we don't engage with it and that's where we are now we're at a place where big government tells us oh darlings you have no right over your sovereign bodies no rights over your children's education or health and basically no rights at all i'm going to be honest this isn't so much of a rant as a spiritual releasement of my feelings I'm releasing this so that I won't be constipated for the rest of the week. I am shocked at the level of willful ignorance on display today. I am shocked and I am someone who has no expectations of the human race. I'm a part of the human race. I see how feeble-minded centralization has made us all, how dependent on the system. Under the guise of convenience, the system became a dark matrix and it has us all by the short and curlies. Antifa and BLM destroyed property. They caused chaos and they committed countless criminal acts 
And how were they dealt with? They got they got state sponsored bail money. Honorable, hardworking citizens gave up their livelihoods to protest against medical tyranny. And what happened to them? They were arrested. They had their trucks towed away. They had their assets frozen. And they were called misogynists and racists, which is beyond ridiculous. And they were demonized by their own government. And if that does not wake you up, if that does not send chills down your spine, you are either completely clueless or frozen in fear. And both cluelessness and fear are not worthy of manifestations of cosmic creation. Today, the epidemic is one of willful ignorance. We have lost our moral compass. We have not put our alignment with all that is first. People are lost, they are frightened, they are unaware that they are cowering from their own shadows, their own creations. We co-created this world, people. Some of us by participating in it, and some of us by actively not participating. Incarnations, my darlings, are not spectator sports. Don't be a bit player in someone else's movie. I receive letters every now and then um, from energy workers or people in my line of work, more or less, and they ask me why I get involved in politics and world affairs. When my job, my job apparently is to be a spiritual counselor. Really, people? Really? You expect me to ignore the world I chose to project myself onto? Why would I thrust my soul into a meat body, a chubby little meat body in my case, and hurtle through space into a woman's womb, splash around in there for nine months, and then unceremoniously pop out? covered in blood and goo, screaming like a banshee, why would I do all that if I didn't want to affect change in that world? I am shocked at the level of willful ignorance in my profession. When I come across energy workers who are free from the dark matrix, it's an exception, not the rule. And I'm so grateful to have found the few the proud, the strong, the authentic, the aligned. I treasure each and every one of you. Your alignment with all that is has given you a capacity for objectivity. You are free thinkers. You are critical thinkers. And that, my darlings, is what alignment is. To be in the vibration of universal creation, universal connection, expansive consciousness, an ability to entertain multiple points of view without being triggered, invested only in making the best choices for your soul's evolution, of course, but also for the betterment of mankind. So many, they just tell me to sit there and pray and focus only on the desired outcome. You have missed the point and you have fallen for the most common trap in new age metaphysics, and God do I hate that term. Pray, of course, but move your feet because you are in a meat body and you have little meaty feet, so move them. May I ask you a question, darlings? How have all your prayers and only prayers worked thus far? Is the world a utopia? No, it's not. Are there little Disney creatures following you around, doing housework for you? La, 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 No, they don't. There's no utopia currently, angels. No, it's actually dystopia. So please don't invite me to any more of your prayer groups. I am tired of seeing you all pray and then go home and pretend we are not in the middle of World War III. If you can't handle facing the current reality, just ask yourself why. It could be, it could be you were misled by idiots who taught you that poncing around chanting affirmations will save the world. It could be you don't think you're strong enough to handle the truth. It could be many things. But if you haven't figured out that smashing the myth of duality requires active participation in the physical world of your choosing, you are not qualified to do this work. I've received information from groups that want me to participate in their monthly meetings, but, oh, Arnie, um, 
we don't talk about the world. We only talk about spiritual things. Do you hear yourselves, my darlings? Do you hear how silly that sounds? Are you sitting there right now listening to this, angered and triggered by my comments? This world will not be changed by those who refuse to engage with it. Please check your naivety meters and make some adjustments. You don't have to make banners and get silly t-shirts and go on marches. You do need to have the courage to confront the issues we face. You need to at least acknowledge what is going on, understand what is happening around you, and figure out why it happened and how we can make sure it never happens again. Our job is to guide people into cosmic alignment. And all of you keep telling me what my job is. Stop telling me what my job is. I know what my job is. I've been doing it professionally for 45 years. Cosmic alignment. In that vibration from that glorious vantage point, there is no fear. There is only clarity. This is what it means to overcome the world. One sees all and is able to interact with all, but one vibrates above the dysfunction while one is interacting with it. This is a basic metaphysical tenet. If you haven't figured this out, go get a job somewhere else until you do. Well, what a good mood I'm in today. <laughs> um, let's see, what am I going to talk about today? Oh, I wanted to mention something. My co-admin on my Telegram page, Ani Mad Shaman Abadissian Chat, um, posted this on the page, and it's from a lawyer she follows. I'd like to share it with you as it sums up all of my feelings quite articulately. And the group, it's a Telegram group, is called Lawyers of Light. And I follow them now, and I, I would recommend that you do too. So this is from Lawyers of Light. It is profoundly disturbing that most people have simply forgotten about the last two years and have already switched to swallowing the new war narrative being pushed out by MSM, with little or no understanding of the historical facts and therefore context of the situation, meaning they are unable to actually decide for themselves what is real and what is not. It is disturbing that people have swept aside the immense harms such as fallout from policies made in the last two years, human rights abuses, dreadful financial impact, damage to children, lockdown deaths, deaths caused by the jabs, state overreach, and the utterly tyrannical way that most governments acted at the behest of the dark men in dark suits behind them. I can only conclude that people have an overwhelming need to become invested and attached to whatever the media tells them to become so attached to, because many have no concept now of meaning through spirituality, belief in oneself by following what is right and moral, the betterment of understanding through critical and rational thinking, and a desire to be a better person for the right reasons. Instead of these things, people gain a sense of self by virtue signaling and regurgitating spoon-fed words and narratives handed to them on a plate by the very people that tomorrow will happily seek to enslave them. It really is a case of the slaves locking themselves up, thanking their slave masters for walking all over them and then shouting at anyone that points out they are a slave. Very well written, lawyers of light. God bless you all and support your good work. Okay, my darlings, let's move on to quack, which has nothing to do with ducks. It's questions, answers and comments, the reason why we started the show in the first place. If you would like to share the contents of your fabuloso minds on this intergalactically renowned show, send me an email, arnie at arnieabadician.com. Or if you want to send a postcard or snail mail, uh, where am I? Cosmic Arnie, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, United States of America. All right. Um, oh, and don't forget to let me know if and how you want to be identified if I read your letter. Otherwise, you are going to be OPD, omit personal details. Let's go ahead and shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. Let me see if I can take any peas out of that sentence for the next show. 
shaky, shaky little bow. All right. This is from Ray, and Ray lives in Bend, Oregon, who says, Dear Mad Shaman, how does the average Joe dismantle big government? How can one person break the matrix? It's not possible, is it? Ray, I've seen one pop-up destroy an entire computer. I doubt it did it all on its own by just popping up. But by popping up, it put itself on the radar of other pop-ups. And before you know it, crash, bam, kaboom, and a bill for $600. You are not a lone voice. Millions feel as you do. Ray, start the song and let others join in harmony. Now, the opposite to dependency is self-sufficiency. Make a plan to be as self-sufficient as possible. Take a good look at your life. This is actually a very good exercise, okay? If civilization collapsed tomorrow, no grid, no gas pumps, no internet. I mean, think of that. You can't go to the store because they can't take credit cards. You can't give them cash because the drawers open with electricity. Uh, all the things that you rely on. How would it impact you if that type of civilization that type of convenience crashed tomorrow. I know it sounds drastic, but I believe we should start there because it gives us a good picture of how dependent we are on the system. Can you sustain life without matrix slash government intervention? Maybe for a while. I mean, it depends on your definition of life, doesn't it? Can you maintain quality of life? Do you have a network, albeit a small one, of like-minded friends? So to say that one person can't collapse the system, I think you need to go back and think about what the system is before you can figure out what your role as one person in it is. Centralization gives us many conveniences, but as we have recently discovered, the people running the show, can deny us access to these conveniences if we piss them off. And that, my darlings, is simply unacceptable. May I recommend a good book? Sedition, Subversion and Sabotage, Field Manual Number One, and Three-Part Solution to the State. It's sort of a libertarian Bible of sorts. It outlines the big picture and the challenges and suggests alternatives. You know, we're never going to be in a situation with this much population that we don't have a government. It's just we really need to redefine what the state is, which is basically a servant of the people. So this book, Sedition, Subversion and Sabotage Field Manual Number One, A Three-Part Solution to the State, is an eye-opener. It's helped many people shift out of their comfort zone and into real freedom. And we can't create a new golden world in a new golden age if we don't understand our sovereign nature. You are powerful, Ray. Go buy this book and then give me a call. Moving on, this is from Omit Personal Details, who says, Hello, Ani. Hello, Omit. I was raised Catholic. I disagree with my family on the issue of abortion and on the crucifixion and resurrection. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, here we go again. <laughs> I cannot believe it is God's will for a woman to be forced to give birth to a child she does not want, especially if it was conceived under assault. It was revealed to me in personal prayer that there was no crucifixion and therefore no resurrection. My vicar says I cannot be selective. It's all or nothing. I disagree. I find myself very uncomfortable in church these days. I cannot take communion now that I know what it is. I have told my family I will not attend. I will find another community, one with compassion. I guess, I guess I woke up, Arnie. I cannot go backwards. I am liberated, but also uncomfortable and I'm lonely. It's a strange space to be in. Oh, my darling Omit, you are not alone, and I applaud you for listening to the wisdom 
received in prayer. So many people don't. And under assault, of course, means rape. Let's not sugarcoat the language of evil. Let's see it for what it is so that we can confront our enemy with full knowledge of its agenda. My views on abortion um, and all this sort of thing, well, they're very well known. Abortion should be legal and it should be safe. I don't give a toss who pays for it, whether it should be insurance or whatever. That's not a conversation I'm particularly interested in having. I just maintain that it should be legal and it should be safe. Bringing a manifestation of source into the world is a serious commitment. And if you're not ready for it, please abstain or use proper protection. Anyone who thinks a woman who has been raped should carry the child to term is not a servant of God, but a minion of Lucifer. This will all come out in the near future. It's already being exposed. Certain churches have a dark Luciferian core. I won't mention any names. For example, I won't say Vatican, 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 Vatican. But, oh, since we're on the subject of the Vatican, I will just say the Vatican has been infiltrated by Luciferians since its creation. As for communion, you're not the only one who has spoken to me or written to me about it recently, which um, I suppose I don't like to use the language. It's trending, but somehow this is trending. And I'm glad it is because, yes, eating flesh, drinking blood, for a fact I know is a Luciferian practice, and it has no place in the worship of a loving, almighty and merciful God. The cabal are laughing themselves silly, watching people partake in a black magic ritual in the middle of a Christian service. That uncomfortable place you're in, that's a good place to be. That's growth. It's the start of a new adventure into the heart of the real you. The place where the divine resides and guides Breathe through that discomfort. On the other side, you will discover the authentic you aligned with the authentic source creator I am. And your life will go from dial up to files overnight. Also, I love your comment on compassion. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with the desire to alleviate it. Good for you, Omit. Now more than ever, we must honor the authentic within us. If the teachings don't resonate, explore that. Explore that. Find out why. Never let it slip. Matters such as divine alignment, that's the big key to all of it. All right. Good luck to you, doll. Or whatever is a male doll. Um, I don't know what you are. Let's see what else is in the fishbowl. Ah, this one is from Gabriel, who asks, Dear Ani, I have battled addiction for years. I got hooked on alcohol and painkillers back when I was 17, and I have used them on and off since then. I am 32 years old now. I have long periods of not using, but then something happens. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be serious. And I justify using again. I've been to AA, but honestly, I see them as a bunch of losers, always depressed, down and negative. It's not the place for me. I genuinely want to control my habits to rise above them. Can you advise me? The constant self-sabotage is wearing me down. Gabriel, you have identified the key issue here, self-sabotage. So let's take a look at that and let's break this down a little bit. You started at 17, an age where no one knows the difference between their asses and their elbows. You took the painkillers and you washed them down with the beer. How did you feel? Amazing. No pain and a slight buzz from the beer. Well, why wouldn't a 17-year-old want to recreate that? especially the no-pain part. We humans, we're so hard on our bodies, we live with constant pain. When the painkiller kicks in, absence of pain relaxes us and, uh, you know, 
depending a bit on the drug of choice, all these chemicals swish around and make our brains feel things we've never felt before. It's easy to get hooked. And the percentage of people addicted to painkillers is downplayed. The numbers are very high, as high as the people who take the painkillers. It's okay. That's the past though, isn't it, Gabriel? There are many ways to go about changing our habits and it seems you've tried most of them with little or only temporary success. There's a lot more in this letter, um, dear listeners, that I'm going to read. Um, let's focus on the self-sabotage then and let's keep it simple. There's a pathway now in your brain that leads to pills and beer and how wonderful that combination makes you feel. The first time you took it, it was an experiment. Um, I understand from your letter it was a dare. And that was unfortunate, how different your life would be now if you had just said no, but here we are. So the brain registers excitement and bliss on the bill on the pills and beer combo. Now, every time you have something you can't deal with or when you're bored or angry or triggered, this flashes up as an option. But it's just a pattern. It's a code you wrote into your being and supported with updates for 15 years. It's a game. It's a game you've played, but it's run its course now. It's time to delete that program. It's time to acknowledge how many limitations it has placed on your life, and it's time to move on to a new game. The potential for self-sabotage will always be there. Sorry to say that, but that's what all grown-ups know. It will never go away. It's akin to a parasite that floats about waiting for someone to have a vulnerable moment. Gabriel, first acknowledge it will always be there as a manifestation of the false alter ego. And it will, from time to time, rear its ugly head. And it will do so when your soul is sparkling. What do I mean by that? Your soul sparkles when you are tempted to engage in harmful behavior. That sparkling is your higher self telling you, Gabriel, it's time to move on and explore some of that glorious cosmic potential within you. So instead of recognizing it as something that will taunt you until you succumb, think of it as an illumination of your spirit self, congratulating you on being able to hear the voice, open yourself to the temptation, recognize it for what it truly is, an attempt to distract you from a fulfilling life, an attempt to turn you into a depressed loser wallowing in mediocrity. That's the true identity, you see, of the false ego. It's the trickster. The false ego is the trickster. That's what Satan is. Satan is not Lucifer. Lucifer is a bloke. Satan is this parasitic thing that floats around and tricks you. So when that comes up, that desire to, I'll just have a beer and pop some pills, kick it in the nuts. Banish it back into the void from whence it came. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge that it will return and acknowledge that thus far you have a poor history of resisting the voice. Because, Gabriel, there's no option other than to be at peace with your past. Having acknowledged all that, this is what it comes down to. Simply make the decision to make another decision. Write a new pathway. Write a new code for your brain. It comes down to this, love. Who runs your life? The correct answer is me. I run my life. I am not at the mercy of others. And I most certainly am not at the mercy of my own past transgressions. Gabriel, if you can grasp these basic concepts, you will bring much light into our world. And I wish you all the best and God bless you on your journey. Shall we take another question? Why not? Because, you know, that's why we started the show. Let's shake up the fishbowl, the fishbowl, the fishbowl. Shakey, shakey. Hmm. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is from Lady Moonbury of the Ardenweald. <laughs> um, <laughs> for those not in the know, that is a World of Warcraft reference. Lady Moonbury is one of the Fey folk in the Shadowlands expansion. Not sure who this is. Um, could be a member of my guild or just another casual gamer who enjoys the podcasts on Cosmic Reality Radio. 
Anyway, Lady Moonbury asks, Ani, what is evil? Have we always had it? Who created it? Mm. Wow. Good question. Let's uh, let's talk about that. Um, what is my take on that? Okay. Uh, all right. If you wish to engage in activities that are morally bad, wrong, wicked, you are not aligned with your true nature. Because alignment illuminates. It makes good decisions. It doesn't take things personally because it has a strong sense of self. And it does not allow the trickster, the false alter ego, to influence it. And therefore, alignment creates expansion and it works for the betterment of all. So if we turn our backs on source alignment, we are not being fed by the vibration of unconditional love. And without that, we lose our superior vantage point. We lose our divine nourishment. I think of evil along the lines of a of a parasite, actually, that attaches to those who have lost their way and have chosen, for whatever reason, to detach themselves from God's cosmic stream of light. Instead of being fed with the light, they grub about in the murk, festering among all the discarded thought forms in the trash heap of humanity. And in time, after feeding on the trash, they accept it as their reality and they want to drag everyone else into the murk and convince them that the murk is the place to be. Another way of putting that is they have cut themselves off from anything that is eternal and spiritual, focusing only on what is material and in their minds solid. Evil, it, it didn't come out of creation. I mean, everything came out of creation, but evil is not a thing per se. It's a misalignment, a mismanagement of the energy. How do we identify the beginnings of whether we are succumbing to evil? Um, that's actually very simple. We should always check the motivation behind our actions. There is such a thing as a universal mind. There are universal moral truths. Now, we could get into a debate about that, and I'd love to actually, you know, the debate being what is moral, what is not. Does it matter if you see it from a religious perspective or from a non-theist perspective? Because some would say that morals are relative. Mm. Uh, if I ask people from various backgrounds the same question, a question such as, is it wrong to torture people for personal pleasure? I can't imagine anyone would be able to debate against that. Quick personal evil check. Check the motivation behind your actions. I hope that helped Lady Moonbury, and I do hope that you identify yourself to me in private at some point. I'd love to know who you are. All right, let's take another one. And this one says, uh, oh, this is also an omit. Personal details, dear Arnie, can you share some links to medical doctors who speak the truth about COVID-19 and the fake vax? I need to be able to guide my family to better decision making. They are beginning to see the flaws in mainstream, but it's like pulling teeth without novocaine. <laughs> you know, I'm actually old enough to remember some of my first British National Health dental experiences um, with having teeth pulled without novocaine. Mm. I'm going to give you four links to follow, and that will lead you to other links. First one is a chap called Vladimir Zevzelenko, with a Z, Z-E-L-E-N-K-O-M-D. The other one is Dr. Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I, Tenpenny, T-E-N-P-A-N-N-Y. Then there's uh, a lady from Ireland called Professor Dolores Cahill, C-A-H-I-L-L, -L. and of course, America's frontline doctors. That's only a start, but all of these are on Telegram, which is not as censored as other um, platforms. But I just want to very quickly recap one of the recent posts from Dr. Zevzelenko, because he really tells it like it is. He says, I'm tired of all the politically correct rhetoric. 
it's time to simply explain what happened and why. One, COVID-19 is a man-made weapon of mass murder that was funded and created by the American government and NIH. Uh, that's true, but it was done, of course, at the behest of deep state. The American government serves the globalist elites and is the enemy of the people. True. Successful treatments were and are intentionally suppressed. Anything that gave people hope and reduced fear was obstructed. True. Global fear is used to fool people into taking mRNA shots. True. The mRNA shots were created to accomplish the globalist agenda. True. The globalist agenda is to decrease the world population and cause infertility. Yep to control and enslave people by injecting tracking technology and link that technology to the use of global cryptocurrency, correct? Transhumanist agenda through the mRNA delivered gene editing technology, check. Don't fear COVID, don't take the mRNA shots, good advice. Form military tribunals and bring all the global predators to justice, hurrah and huzzah. All this can and will be proven with evidence from a conspiracy realist, Vladimir Zevzelenko, MD. All right, get onto Telegram and take a look at all of that, uh, you know, and, you know, get on it because people, we are at the precipice. We're so close. Yes, mass awakening is happening. And of course, with the mass awakening, we're going to have to deal with mass rage and mass fallout and all of that. But you see, awakenings are not pretty, are they? No, not everything in this world, my darlings, can be as pretty or as good-natured as I am. Let's take one more question, and this is from Joy in Cork. Cork in Ireland. Cork. What do I know about Cork? Yes, Sir Walter Raleigh. He's said to have planted the first potato in Ireland near his home in Ewell, Cork, and that was around 1588. But Joy's question has nothing to do with potatoes. It's just that I remembered that from my school days. Joy says, Arnie, I suffer from anxiety, and my priest tells me to surrender to the will of God. That makes me more anxious. What if the will of God and my will have different goals? Joy, I think your issue is with the word surrender, because it gives one the impression that you've given up, that it's out of your control, that you're supposed to do as you're told. And that's not what it means in the spiritual context. What it means is align. Change the word surrender to align with the divine, because then you join in the power and the glory that is the hierarchy of light, and you rock the world in whatever way you choose to rock the world. And your soul and God will always have the same goals. It's not true that your personality and your soul and God will always have the same goals. That's where you've got to watch out for the trickster. So your personality will get in the way. But by surrendering, a.k.a. aligning to the divine, that will not happen because you will have clarity, you will have illumination, and anxiety has no place in divine alignment. So thank you for that. Uh, what else did I want to share today? Yes. Okay, so I've talked about my Telegram page. I want to talk about another Telegram page now, and that's called Sam's Light Language Transmissions. Sam's Light Language Transmissions. Now, Sam is a lovely chap who has, uh, I, did I meet him through Cosmic Reality Radio? Yes, I did meet him through Cosmic Reality Radio. Uh, he also has joined my Telegram group, and now he has his own. What is light language? because Sam's light language has helped a great many people and it's only been up for about a month. My Telegram group loves him. I use his protocols daily, especially the nanotech removal and the regeneration one. If I could define light language for you, it is a heart-based conceptual form of communication and it works by bypassing the logic centers of the brain that we're accustomed to using. So what does that mean, Ani? It means it speaks directly to your being at, um, at the subatomic DNA level, really. And that means it's able to affect profound change in your life, especially when you combine it with a, you know, a decent healing intention, some meditation, some prayer, if you're in that zone. 
So I highly recommend that you go to Sam's Light Language Transmissions. He has transmissions for just about any condition that you can think of. And maybe I can talk him into doing something live on my next show. All righty. And now, my darlings, let's see where we're going to go. I think in preparation for the very bad decisions we will make on St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> I'm going to sample and review various Irish whiskies. Now, my darlings, do not try this at home. I am a professional and I have spent many, many years in training for just such an event. So I have in front of me the following libations, which I will sample straight with no water, no ice, no mixers. And I have 10 barrels brewing pub beer as a little chaser to cleanse the palate in between. I'm just going to say, I'm very glad that this is radio and not video because I'm sitting here surrounded by bottles of Irish whiskey and shot glasses. And golly, it does make me look a bit like a lush. But I'm doing this for you, my darlings. This is for your benefit. So let's set all these up and let's see where we're going to go with all of this. I have in front of me Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey Regular, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey 12-year-old, and the regular Tullamore Dew but with the, uh, the Caribbean rum cask finish. Then I have a Connemara peated single malt. Never seen this before. I have a Redbreast 15-year-old single pot still Irish whiskey, which was a gift, thank God, because it's about $125 a pop. I also have, ah, oh, Jameson's, everyone's best known Irish, just uh, the plain Jameson's. I have Tyrconnell, 10-year-old Madeira cask. I have something called Writer's Tears, which I have never seen before. Uh, I often cry when I'm writing, so I'm going to try that one. And I also see one called Sexton, um, which I don't think you can buy here. I think somebody has to ship it to you. I got this from a, from a friend of mine in the UK. So that's nine, and I'm counting them now while I can still count because I'm not going to do nine shots, by the way. That would be stupid, and I'd be on the floor. But I'm going to do nine healthy sips and a good chug of beer in between each one. So wish me luck, martini heads. Here we go. All right. So the first one is the plain Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. I'm going to take a sip of that now. And that's just about as good as it gets for that price range, which is about $28. It's a lovely whiskey. It's lovely. It's smooth. It's tasty. Um, it has a not an overly creamy mouthfeel, but it's it's got a nice mouthfeel. Uh, definitely, you want to keep a bottle of that. Now I'm going to try the Tullamore Dew, the 12-year-old uh, the one. So here we go. Oh, what a difference a decade makes. That is lovely, creamy, smooth, rich. Oh, I definitely want to spend some time with that one. Tullamore 12-year-old Irish whiskey. Very nice. Now, let me take a little sip of my uh, pub beer, P-U-B, from 10 Barrels Brewing here in Oregon. I have a lot of problems with Oregon politics, but I don't have any problems with the beer we brew. We brew some of the best beer in the world here, in my opinion. Okay, now that my palate is cleansed, I'm going to try the Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey that has been finished off in a Caribbean rum cask finish. Uh, redundant word in that sentence, but I am drinking. Here we go. Oh, my God, people. That is lovely. That is a sweet drop. Not sweet like sugary. It's not sweet like, you know, the honey whiskey or the peanut bottle or chocolate whiskey. Uh, by the way, those things are a thing. Um, it's sweet in the way that I can taste the rum, which is basically sugarcane, the effect it's had on the barrel. And it's just given the, I can smell coconuts in this. 
I can smell papaya. I can smell tropical fruits, pineapple. Now, maybe a professional whiskey taster would say to me, well, that's a load of bollocks, Arnie. We don't put any of those things in this whiskey. But this is what it's invoking. Everybody go out right now and buy a bottle of Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey Caribbean Rum Cask Finish. You will not be sorry. I think I'll be drinking quite a bit of this in the summer. And I don't think I'll put anything in it. I'll just drink it straight. Hmm. All right. Gosh, that was good. Okay, moving on. Here's a bottle I have never uh, tried. It's called Connemara. It's a peated single malt. It's about 50 bucks a pop. So I splurged. Um, let's go. Let's have a little taste. Oh, that is much stronger than I expected. Hmm. It's quite peaty, as in, you know, peat, the sod of the ground. Hmm. Hmm. Let me just have another little half sip. Hang on. Hmm. Um, spicy, yes. A bit woody, yes. But such a strong flavor. To me, it's a strong flavor. It has a very good finish, though. It stays with you. Um, but I don't like it in so much. It, it's not for me. It's not my favorite. I wouldn't drink this. But I do know somebody who will like this. And um, oh, he's going to be so happy when he sees me show up at his door with this bottle. Okay. Connemara peated single malt. I suspect if you like a slightly stronger flavor and you like the single malts, you will enjoy this. Now, I have been waiting, waiting like a starving child outside a restaurant to try this red breast 15 year old single pot still Irish whiskey. Um, very expensive stuff. And that doesn't always mean it's good, by the way. I've made that mistake. So, red breast 15 year old, here we go. Let's try that. Ooh, that is a lovely drop of whiskey. Mmm, lovely mouthfeel. It's creamy. It has a very rich and complex taste. But it's very nicely balanced. It's, it's still doing its thing. I'm talking to you, but it's doing its thing. Mmm. Ooh, uh, there'll be more of this in my future. I like this one. This is a keeper. Redbreast 15-year-old single pot still Irish whiskey. Very nice. Okay. Let's move on and let's just have a shot of this Jameson's or a sip. Jameson's is, I think, everybody's starter Irish whiskey. But it stands up on its own. I mean, I'm going to sip it for you now because we're doing this uh, on, on the radio and all. But I know what Jameson's tastes like. Um, but I'm going to sip it now for you, my darlings. It's nice. It really is a very decent whiskey. It's smooth. It's well balanced. You can drink it straight. It's lovely. Uh, we use it in cocktails. Um, my partner doesn't really drink much anymore. But uh, she makes the very best Irish whiskey sours and always uses Jameson's for that one. She has used Tullamore Dew, but Jameson's is the best for whiskey sours. So Jameson's about $29 a bottle. Yeah. All right. I'm so excited to move on now to some of the more exciting ones. Um, this is Tyrconnell, T-Y-R-C-O-N-N-E-L. It's a 10-year-old Madeira cask. And I have a fondness for whiskey matured in barrels previously used for, for fruitier and sweeter libations, such as rum or Madeira. Um, so this one's 92 proof. <laughs> Let's go for it. Connell, 10-year-old Madeira cask. Oh. That. Now that is something special. That is something special. That is a lovely drop of whiskey. I can really taste what the Madeira barrel has done to finish this off. It's really smoothed it out. Mm. Everybody go out right now and buy a bottle of this stuff. In fact, buy two, one for you and one to mail to me, because this is really nice. Turconnell, 10-year-old Madeira cask. Mm. Let me have a little sip of my beer now. It's all getting a little whiskey heavy. 
Right, here's a whiskey I've never seen before. It's called Writer's Tears, a blend of pot still and single malt whiskies, triple distilled for smoothness. Let's have a sip. Wow. Wow. Spicy, gingery, chocolatey. And it's still lingering. This one has a particularly nice finish. I wouldn't mix this with anything. This is a superior whiskey. And you sip this. It's also giving me like recollections of past lives. There's something about this that's making me reminisce. Now, is it because it is the eighth large sip of whiskey I've had in the last 10 minutes? I don't know. I'm a pretty experienced whiskey drinker. Um, this is stirring up some strange emotions. I think perhaps the creators of this libation wove magic spells into it because I feel inspired. I feel moody, but not in a bad way. Writer's Tears, about 60 bucks a bottle. Lovely. Go check it out. And the last one is called Sexton, S-E-X-T-O-N, and it comes in a weird angular black and gold bottle. And I'm not a fan of oddly shaped bottles as they are difficult to store on my prepping shelves. And yes, I do have whiskey on my prepping shelves, but let's focus on what's inside. It says here it's triple distilled in copper pot stills. The, this Irish whiskey is aged in ex oloroso sherry casks for a mellow honeyed finish. Okay. Let's do it. Hmm. Hmm. What do I make of this? Um, it okay. It does have a mellow, honeyed finish, but it's a lot more crisp than I thought it would be to have such a finish. And, and again, I'm sure professional whiskey tasters are going, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But I'm just, the authentic me is sharing my authentic initial reactions to these to these whiskeys. Uh, I, you know, I'd be interested in trying this with some water and then trying it again with a little bit of ice just to see. It's not bad at all. Um, I think some people are going to really enjoy this, probably a lot more than I'm enjoying it. it but it's not bad. Sexton. I, and again, I don't think you can buy this here. This was sent to me from somebody in the UK. So you need to have an Irish friend or a UK friend, someone who can send this off to you. So of all of those that we just tested, it's difficult to say which is my favorite. Um, if I only had to pick one, I can't. Can I pick three? Can I pick three? I, I want to have the Red Breast 15-year-old single pot still Irish whiskey. I definitely want the Taconal 10-year-old Madeira cask. And I think I want about a 24-pack of the writer's tears. And so I suppose I just answered my own question. If I had to pick one, it would be the writer's tears. And that is a, just an excellent drop of whiskey. But I think you should try them all because, you know, life is about exploration and experimentation. People ask the difference between Scotch whiskey and Irish whiskey. Uh, well, I suppose the primary whiskey is that Scotch can only be made in Scotland and Irish whiskey can only be made in Ireland. And, and that does, by the way, encompass both the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. But there's a slight spelling as well. The Irish whiskey has an E in it. The Scots, uh, they leave out the E. But there's not a lot of difference, in my opinion, in the categories. I mean, there are what they call certain stylistic distinctions. Scotch is often peated, has a smoky aroma and feel to it, but not always. And Irish whiskey, on the other hand, is supposed to be very bright and crisp. But in my experience, that's not really true. There are as many exceptions to the rule. So, um, you know, I think you're just going to have to go out. Here's what you have to do. Go out, buy everything that appeals to you, drink it all moderately. One sip, one day at a time sort of thing. Um, and then make up your mind. What's your favorite? And then stick to it. Poor, my darlings, how does this happen? The time just, it flies. Um, I think that's it for today. I 
oh god i'm a little bit tiddly i have finished sampling a great many drinks and now i think perhaps i need a nap i hope you enjoyed listening in as much as i enjoyed recording the show because i always have a blast especially when i get to drink all this whiskey now remember folks cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat if you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously one drink is all you need do not go out and drink nine shots of irish whiskey you will probably die i'm arnie mad and slightly tiddled shaman abadician this was metaphysical martini a production of cosmic reality radio to whom we are most grateful until we meet again turn off your television sets learn to separate facts from propaganda and above all my darlings let the spirit inhabit the human you have been listening to the metaphysical martini with ani apdesian the mad shaman a production of cosmicreality.com